I'm Allie of Hocus Pocus Collector. And I'm Will of Spooky Will. And we are the Black Flame Society. We're here to share Halloween, Hocus Pocus, and other spooky news and updates with you. While having fun, meeting friends, and making every day feel like it's Halloween. So come on in and join the society. On this week's episode of the Black Flame Society podcast, we'll be discussing the brand new official Hocus Pocus cookbook, sharing our favourite recipes from the book, and more. Hi, Ali. How are you? Hi, Will. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to talk about this cookbook because the past couple of days I've literally been flicking through constantly. So there has been a lot of buildup for this cookbook over the years, and we had the unofficial ones and then the official one, and there are so many different versions that we're going to talk about. But it was long awaited. It's here now, and especially our last episode, we talked a lot about recipes. So this kind of works directly with that, where we're going to talk about some of our favorite recipes from the cookbook but there's like a hundred recipes in here so there's plenty of stuff to work with the attention to detail we'll obviously get more into this but the attention to detail in this book as well it's definitely a book that's been made for the fans and i'll just assume it's probably written by fans as well because you can really tell a lot of love's gone into this so i'm really excited to delve into this book me too the official cookbook was released this year by insight edition and it's written and created by eleanor craig and st bendy And so I know I just said this book contained 100 recipes. It's close, though. It contains 70 recipes, over 153 pages, 160 if you count the conclusion and the glossary and such. And it's split into four main sections. And I really like how they divided it like this. It's split into appetizers and sides, mains, desserts, and drinks. So it's not an overwhelming just group of all these recipes put together and you don't really know where to start. I like how it's broken down, but I think my favorite part, Will, is a lot of these recipes have beautiful photographs with them. And as we talked about in one of our recent episodes, you really love the photographs and books. And I didn't realize that I love them too until I was going through this. (laughs) And so many things caught my eye where even if the recipe, if I had read just the description, it may not have, but the photo, I was like, that's beautiful. And now I want to make that. Yeah, I feel like they could have easily just done a picture book where you can just search the recipes online and people would still probably do it because the pictures are really good. They did a really good job. And one thing I also quite like about it is there's a lot of spirit Halloween products in this as well. So it's quite nice to flip through and be like, I own that, I have that, I know what that is. And as Will was talking about earlier, a lot of love went into it because each recipe not only has a fun name that's somehow connected to the movie, the character, the overall theme, but each recipe also then has a description of how this recipe is related to the movie. So if immediately you don't get it, if it's a connection that's a little stretched, they explain to you the how, the why, and the who. And I think that's really well done. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of attention to detail gone into this book. I absolutely love it. So me and Ali have come up with a really fun idea where we've picked out four of our favourite recipes from the book, which is one recipe from each section. So if anyone would like to replicate mine and Ali's favourite recipes, we're about to share what they are. So we're going to start with appetisers and sides. And my favourite appetiser from the book is Dead Man's Toes. They look really good, but they also remind me of a British sausage roll because it's just basically sausage wrapped in puff pastry, and which is almost exactly the same as what a British sausage roll is, which I think is why I really like the look of these and really want to eat them as well they do sound really good and will and i when we had came up with the idea for this episode i said to will i was like are we choosing recipes that you want to eat are we choosing recipes that are cool are we choosing recipes that the picture looks really nice and we're undecided so I, we haven't personally tried all of the recipes that we're about to talk about but they are on our to-do list and so for example i chose for my appetizer the pretty black meatball spiders and it's basically a black meatball and you stick fried chow mein noodles i think it 
you could also probably done with pretzels since I feel like those are a little more easily accessible. And they just look like creepy little spiders. I don't like spiders in real world, but I feel like these are really cute. I feel like these would be really good for a party. They would be attention getting and it probably tastes fine. It has a nice dipping sauce served with it. So Will, are you going to give these a try? You're going to use some impossible meat and make them? I could you actually. I didn't think about using impossible meat. Yeah, I think I probably will actually. Yeah, and I agree with you with the dipping sauce as well. The dipping sauce is really good. If you don't know, Will is currently a vegetarian. I think he may be coming out of that soon. We love and respect our vegetarians and vegans here, but he's been craving pepperoni for about six <laughs> years. <laughs> And, but I feel like a lot of these recipes where it calls, this one calls for a pound of bulk sausage. You could easily replace that with a pound of vegetarian sausage or whatever vegetarian or vegan substitute you use. And you could probably make a lot of these recipes vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free probably. And I feel like there's a lot of customizations that you could just go through and make. So if the recipe immediately doesn't look like you can have it, take a second look or give us a call and we'll try to help you out. We're not nutritionists here though. So that's as far as that goes. (laughs) There is also, a, I think there's a key at the start of the book as well, which does say which was which ones are vegetarian, vegan, and gluten-free. So if you wanted to just pick it up straight away without substituting it, there are recipes in it for everybody as well. So, but like Ali said, if you maybe need some help, just, just drop us a message and we'll see what we can do. And so, Will, what is your favourite main in the book? My favourite main in the book is the pumpkin risotto, mainly because one, it's pumpkin. So perfect. Anything pumpkin this time of year is amazing. But I also love risotto and I think I love it even more because Dean doesn't like it. And it's only because <laughs> that sounds like such a nasty comment. Like, he doesn't like because I love it. It's because, side story, we used to eat risotto quite a lot, but then Dean got food poisoning years ago. And it was because of, I think we're not sure if it was the risotto or if it, it was the last thing he ate. So I love risotto and I really want to try this. It looks like a really good recipe. It, it's made with pumpkin seed. Uh, it's even got maple syrup in it, which I've never, I don't know if that's like a standard, I don't think it is like a standard risotto thing. So I'm really curious as to what it tastes like, but it just sounds really delicious. It definitely sounds like a almost sweeter risotto based on the ingredients that you've said. And I've never had like a sweet risotto before. So I would definitely be intrigued to try it just to, I also love risotto and Justin also doesn't like risotto. So another commonality here where you and I can share the risotto and the boys can have cheese puffs or whatever they choose to. (laughs) (laughs) Pepperoni pizza. But speaking of cheese puffs, my favorite recipe in the main section is the cheese puff chicken tenders, obviously related to Mary at Master's House, Will's favorite scene in Hocus Pocus, or one of his favorite scenes. But this is basically very just a simple recipe where you're breading chicken tenders, and instead of using your normal panko or breadcrumbs, you're using pulverized cheese puffs. Again, it has a recipe for a dipping sauce, and this one also says, this one has a note, Will, this recipe can easily be made gluten-free by using gluten-free cheese puffs. So very easily, you could change that and I really like this one. I've never thought of using a cheese puff as a breading, but now it's all I can think about. I don't know if it's a pregnancy craving or what, but it's gotta happen. <laughs> that actually sounds really good. So we I think we have to look into coating more things in cheesy chip and snack and side options. Are you in? I'm in. Yeah, I'm definitely in. All the all the topics and more dips as well. Like I've noticed that your both your recipes so far have had dips in them and mine don't. I love a good dip. I'm a sucker for a good sauce. I feel like most things deserve to be dipped in a sauce. And I feel like that really comes from, I know that we we joke about you being vegetarian now and then because you want pepperoni, but I really don't eat that much meat. And when I do, I'm not a huge fan of it. So I feel like it needs to be covered by said sauce. So I'm the kind of girl, like if I go out and I order something and it doesn't come with the sauce, like the meal is over, just leave, pay the check and leave. I just don't need it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) A sauce definitely makes a meal. Like there's a few times when me and Dean go out and I will always have like a dip or sauce or whatever and Dean won't I'm like how do you eat that it's really dry it has to have like an extra like layer to your meal because it's it just makes 
it better? Yes. Me and you, like if we, we go out for dinner. Person. Yeah, like if we go out for dinner, our dinners would be amazing because we could just have like all the dips, all the foods we want, all the Mexican food. There's a restaurant around here. Oh, Mexican food. There's a restaurant around here that used to serve, you got like an order of chicken tenders and fries and it came with six different dipping sauces. Oh my goodness gracious. It was the best thing in the world. You could try all the combos. Oh, that actually sounds, so do they still do that? Or is it like... No, it's it's gone now. Oh. But we can do that at home. We'll That's make true, Mary's cheese puff chicken tenders and normal ones and an order of fries. And I'll just go, I'll go ham. We'll have 12 sauces. <laughs> what's your like, what's your sauce of choice? Tangent now, but what's your dipping sauce of choice? Probably ranch. I'd probably say ranch as well, because but we don't really have ranch here. Like I think for me, it's probably either garlic mayonnaise or sour cream and chive. Sour cream, oh sour cream and chive, I love that. I love all sauces, but I don't like mayonnaise on anything on sandwiches. But if you call it an aioli, and I I know deep down <laughs> that it started with mayonnaise, I'll eat it if it's like flavored. It just can't be aioli because that's just mayonnaise. But if it's chipotle or garlic or whatever it happens to be, but plain mayo, no, 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 not for me. See, I'm exactly the same, but mine's slightly different because I don't, I can't stand eggs, so I don't like mayonnaise if I can taste the egg in it. But if it's like flavoured mayonnaise, like garlic mayonnaise, all I can taste is garlic. Whereas if it's like regular mayonnaise, I can't eat it. It's disgusting. It's just, even if it's just like a tiny little like wasp's breath amount and I taste that like egg, like egg flavour. Oh, stop, Will. Stop it. Meals ruined. (laughs) Meals ruined. I always knew, I felt like I had a twin in this world. I just didn't know if he was British (laughs) and on the other side of the world. So I'm glad we found each other. For now, for now, mate. Maybe this time next year we'll be like living in America, we'll be neighbours, we can get all the dips. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring home a new dip every week. All right, back on track here, back on track. Before we move on, I did need to mention that there is one more recipe in the main section that I don't want to make, but we need to talk about it. It is called the rat loaf, Will, and it is a giant meatloaf shaped like a rat. And they use, I think it's like bacon for the ears and french fries for like the mouse's whiskers and olives for his eyes and nose. It's kind of terrifying. And I just wanted to bring everyone's attention to the rat loaf. I don't know, like, that's one thing I really like about this this cookbook. Like, it's really good recipes. Some of them probably aren't, in terms of, like, what they look like, aren't the best. But I imagine they taste really good. And this is probably one of those things that probably tastes really good. Yeah, it's a, it's a meatloaf. I'm sure it tastes fine. But I don't think I would want to serve, like, a rat-shaped meatloaf and then cut it up and serve. Do you know, we don't have meatloaf here. What? Yeah, we don't have, like, I've never, I've never gone out and bought a meatloaf, and I've never gone to, like, someone's house or a restaurant and meatloaf's been on the menu, or I've been served meatloaf. It's just not a thing here. What is meatloaf? Is it just, like, a ball of meat? What is it? (laughs) No, no, no. Hold on. No, no, no. Hold on. So, do you have meatballs? Yeah, we have meatballs. Okay, so, meatballs on your end, those are not just, like, balls of ground beef. They're, like, they have breadcrumbs and seasoning and stuff in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so a meatloaf is just a larger version of that cooked in like a bread pan. Oh, okay. Oh. That you can like slice. It's good for like if some people eat it on sandwiches, some people eat it just as a main with like a side, that sort of thing. But there's a big debate in my specific household on if meatloaf and meatballs are just plain like ground beef in in a ball or if it's seasoned. And I think there's a difference between meatballs and balls of meat. That's my stance. Yeah, no, there definitely is. Because if you have like a ball of just minced meat, it's just meat. Thank you. But if it's, it's seasoned, it's different. It adds a whole new layer to the meat. Yes, and when you add the breadcrumbs and the egg to hold it together and like make it into a loaf or a ball, it's it's a different ball game. So yeah, because like anybody could make a ball, but it takes pro to make a meatball. <laughs> They're really easy to make, though. <laughs> 
So moving on, moving on. <laughs> so on to dessert. What's your favourite dessert in the book, Will? I think I've talked about this before, and I also know I mentioned it on my Instagram the other day, but my favourite dessert is Tart Face Tart. I really like it because it looks really funny. It's such a great name for a tart, and I just, in my head, I picture like a Bridgerton-style dinner party where it's very elegant, and everyone's like all dressed up, and it's almost like, what's for dessert? And you're like, tart face tart, and you just bring out this <laughs> this tart. And it also it sounds really good as well, because it's it topped with raspberries, and I love raspberries, and it's also got strawberries and blueberries as well, so I think I might actually make this one. This, it does look beautiful i think it sounds beautiful and i just love how this is a throw to master's wife who again this is it seems like a little bit of a stretch but when you read the description it makes total sense and we love the little woman so well this is the same one that i chose but i knew you were going to choose that one so i chose a backup recipe which i've made this one this is the thackeray binks treats and this was so easy to make they look like little mice and if you go back to when i did the cookbook giveaway on my instagram they're surrounding the book super easy to make you basically take a cherry with a stem on it, dip it in chocolate, attach it to a Hershey Kiss, and then put little almond slivers in between for ears and little, I used like little non-perils for eyes. They were so easy. They turned out so cute and they're a super little fun recipe. I remember you made those and you sent me a picture and I was just like, oh, they're really good. I didn't actually realize you made it from the cookbook to begin with. I thought you just made them and then you were like, this from the cookbook? And I was like, oh. <laughs> I am not that creative, Will, on my own. <laughs> <laughs> And the last section is drinks. And I like this section because as we talked about in our party episode, I believe the majority of them, if not all of them are virgin, but you could definitely add any liquor that you like to these and spice up the party. And I think that it's great that it hits all of the different age groups and all the different people. So I chose the Renaissance party cider as my favorite drink. And the first the first line of the description is, ah, rich people. And it made me <laughs> giggle because it makes me think that maybe this is kind of the drink that they were serving at Allison's house during the party. And this basically is just apple juice, cranberry juice that you warm, you mix in with some orange, fresh squeezed orange juice and some seasoning, cinnamon, cloves, that sort of stuff. And it just, it looks so good. I would like to like put some cinnamon on the rim and it's served warm. I think I would sub out apple juice for apple cider, but that's just personal choice. And now I really want to make this. It sounds like fall in a cup. It does sound like fall in a cup. And now I really want apple cider as well. Oh, I miss apple cider so much. <laughs> There's so many really good drinks in this book though. And like the one you've just picked as well. I didn't actually realize it said our oh, rich people at the start. And it was like, like a bougie drink. And I actually really like that. That's the thing with this cookbook where it's, I feel like it's more than just a cookbook where there's these little descriptions and you obviously can just swipe through and look for your recipe and leave. But with the little descriptions that they have, I really enjoy that you can take time and sit down and actually read a little bit too. Yeah, I agree. It's like just on its own, you can just flick through it if you're not intended to make something. It's just really good for people to have just as like a collect add to add to their collection because it's a really creative book. I really like it. So for my drink, originally I was going to choose Sarah's Sassy Sipper, but there's so many great drinks in this that it was really difficult to pick. But then I came across that I put a spell on you brew. And can you remember, I don't know, I'm assuming it was the same in America. Can you remember during lockdown when everybody was making whipped coffee? That Was that after or before banana bread? I think it was like the same time. I think everyone was just making whipped coffee and banana bread. Everyone got like those little milk frothers and were making frosted coffees, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is basically the exact same recipe. It's just whipped coffee. It's really, really easy. It just takes coffee, sugar, cup of half and half or preferred dairy. It's so easy to make, but it is so good. Like, it is such a nice drink. And the only reason why I picked it is because I like the fact that the song is from the I Put a Spell on You scene. And I imagine, like, a coffee at a party is a really good way to kind of, like, perk you up and give you loads of energy, similar to in the scene when the, the, the spell gets cast on them. So I've gone with that one. And I'm a sucker for coffee as well. Like, I absolutely love coffee. So this is, like, the perfect drink for me. 
I feel like the drink section was kind of the hardest for me to pick because all of the recipes sounded good. Most of the, 99% of the recipes sounded good. And I feel like you could make modifications to the ones that don't. So I was surprised that that was the one that was the hardest for me to pick. Yeah, but I do feel like, because there's so many great recipes as well, if you weren't really into cooking and making the meals, the drinks is like the go-to option for people who just want a really quick, easy, simple thing to put together. But it's also a Hocus Pocus theme. So the drinks are definitely like a win, the entire section. Definitely. And there's a lot of things throughout the book also that are not hard. There's definitely some advanced ones. I believe there's a dessert that's you make like a full Winifred spell book, which is stunning, but that's going to be in depth. But I do just have to shout out, well, for our OG listeners, I believe it was episode one or episode two, we talked about Hocus Pocus cucumbers. And while we didn't get an exact Hocus Pocus cucumber in this book, we did get Billy Butcherson's zombie fingers, which in addition to the Thackeray Binks treats that I made for the cookbook giveaway, I also made these. And they're little... They're the little Persian cucumbers. Basically, they're pickled and you just stick a little almond or whatever you want in the front of it to make it look like a finger. And so I just wanted to shout out that the Hocus Pocus cucumbers did come to fruition a year later. (laughs) We'll pretend they were in there for us because... They were. It's too close to home. It's too close to home for it not to be for the Black Flame Society podcast. But really, I could go on and on about the recipes in here. They have such clever names. There's a Miss Olin recipe. There's a Mom Donna taco, I think. There's just so many great things in this book. So definitely check it out. But if you don't just want the base edition, there are a lot of varieties. Will, tell me about them. So before you rush out and go and grab the standard edition, there is a total of, there's four different versions of this. There's the standard edition, which is the one we and Ali are referring to today, which is just the book by itself. But then there's also an edition that comes with an apron. With regards to the one that comes with the apron, though, the book is slightly different and it's classed as the gift set edition. The book is 123 pages. So it does have less recipes, but the book is a smaller version as well. So it's a smaller sized book in terms of both page thickness and the book itself. But the apron's really cool. It's like a full overprint with cauldrons and there's candles on there and so on. So if you're after some a gift for somebody, I would say it's a really good thing to give, especially with like Christmas coming up and all that. So there is that version. And then there's also a Barnes and Noble exclusive edition. And between this and the next one that Will's going to talk about, it's really a toss for which one's my favorite for very different reasons though. So the Barnes and Noble one has, it's not a traditional soft book cover. It's almost textured. It's purple and all of the text is gold and it has a cauldron on the front. It is beautiful. So the inside of the book is exactly the same, but it does come with six exclusive recipe cards that you can only get in that cookbook. So on top of it being like a really beautiful design, it also has that additional little boost of extra recipes for you so that one is really high on my list of favorites yeah like as much as i really like the cover for the book i really like the barnes and noble cover because it's just really simple and it's just a gold it's gold cauldron isn't it yeah it feels super timeless and classy yeah i really really like it so thank you for getting me one of those the next edition which i would probably say is a tie between the barnes and noble edition i do absolutely love this edition though and i think it's such a great gift set so it's just a great set whoever came up with the idea to include this is a genius because it is perfect so the other edition which is the most expensive edition but it is worth it it comes with the standard book which is the 160 page book but it also comes with a metal stand and the metal stand is is a book stand that you can place obviously on your kitchen side while you're cooking so your pages can stay open and it's the old burial hill gates it has those as the back it's kind of similar if you do own it or if repeat for people who have seen it, it's very similar to the spirit halloween old burial hill gates that they released a few years ago with this one it also comes with a cauldron in front of the gate so when you place the book into the stand the cauldron kind of holds it in place and stops it slipping from the front it is heavy pre-warning it is heavy but you kind of want it to so it doesn't fall over i absolutely love it i think it's such it was just the perfect thing to accompany the book to go with it and it's the perfect gift set and like i said it also comes with the full the full size booklet so if you really 
you wanted to kind of splash out and get that like the bougie edition i would definitely recommend this one i did also share it on my instagram as well so if anybody wanted to see it that i have shared a video of that on there as well I remember when that was announced it was coming out, you sent me a photo. And I think that was one of the things we were most excited for this season, just because it took the cookbook, which obviously is it's a book, it's basic, and it definitely elevated it to make it a really wanted item. So super glad that exists. Can you remember as well when they originally it was just the stand in the book, wasn't it? But can you remember when they released a picture of it in the packaging and we got really excited because it looked really good in the packaging as well? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So for those of us who are in the UK like me, there is also an additional version of the book. This time it's not released by Insight Editions, it's actually released by Expanse, but it is the exact same book. It has a slightly different cover, but it still contains 70 recipes. And from what I can tell, I don't own this version yet, but I'm sure I will soon. From what I can tell, it is the exact same book. The description, the, even the images on the front that are also in this book overall the same so i'm assuming it's the exact same book they've just slightly changed it for the uk slash european market and it also includes all of the uk measurements so it's in grams instead of cups and so on so if anybody wanted to get that they can but you can also order the book that me and Anna are referring to today it is available from insight editions and it is also available from amazon so if you want the one we're talking about you can get it from there otherwise the uk one's from places the same as like amazon wh smiths waterstones etc it's very important to have those recipes in your own measurements so you don't have to worry about conversion. So I would definitely re recommend getting that for you. But if you don't have the official cookbook, you may have an unofficial cookbook, which actually came out first. I believe this came out a few years ago, Will. My best memory of this is throwing one at you in the New York <laughs> City parking garage because I had one in my trunk for you. <laughs> but the unofficial Hocus Pocus cookbook is by Bridget Thorson, and it contains 50 recipes released in 2021. And there's also an unofficial Hocus Pocus cookbook for kids also released by Bridget Thorson, 50 Recipes, and this was released this year. So these are the unofficial ones. They're a little more, in my opinion, of a stretch. I feel like the official cookbook is done very well, and the unofficial ones are fun also, but they seem a little more stretched to me. Yeah, I think you can. it's obvious to see that they've tried to make the book as close to Hocus Pocus as possible without it legally being like as close to Hocus Pocus, but they've, they've still done a very good job. I think I, that's why I prefer this one where they have all of the rights from Disney or Hocus Pocus or whoever they need their rights from. So everything is really looped in well together. Yeah, and all three of them are really good to wear as well. And also from Inside Editions this season, we have the tarot cards, which came out last year. They are putting out a mega-sized tarot card with a stand, which I'm very excited about. We all know how I feel about the Max Dennison tarot card. And they are also <laughs> releasing another 13-day countdown to Halloween. We're not sure yet if it's the same one as last year. The artwork's different. So I am hopeful that a few things inside are different, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and I think that's everything for Inside Editions currently, isn't it? But they've done a really good job this year with the cookbook, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully some new releases being announced soon. So I'm pretty sure, wasn't it like November or something it was first revealed? So it was like just after Halloween, so I'm looking forward to whatever they release next. I am too. And so thanks for hanging out talking about the cookbook today. Well, I know that we've joked about this cookbook for a long time, but I feel like the finished quality and the finished product was great. I'm very happy with it. And if you don't have one, I'd recommend getting your hands on one so you can have your full week, year, month of Hocus Pocus themed foods. Yeah. And if you're planning a Hocus Pocus party to tie in with last week's episode, this book is a must have. It is perfect. I totally agree. I'll talk to you later, Will. Yeah, I'll speak to you later. I'm going to go get something to eat now because I am starving. Me too. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Black Flame Society. To never miss an episode, follow along on Instagram at the Black Flame Society podcast, like and subscribe on your favorite streaming service, and join our mailing list to be the first to know what's coming next. Thank you for being part of the society. Until next time. 
The Black Flame Society podcast is not affiliated with Disney or any other related conglomerates yet. Feel free to change that. Give us a call.